Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. Thank you so much to our sponsor, Healing Insight, an acupuncture and holistic medicine clinic on Grand Avenue in St. Paul, Minnesota. Owner Senia May and her team of practitioners can help patients with everything from anxiety to fatigue, digestive issues to women's health, and so much more. And speaking of women's health, Healing Insight has some huge news. Practitioner Nikki Ballian was just officially certified as a fertility specialist by the American Board of Oriental Reproductive Medicine. She's been specializing in women's health and fertility for 12 years and is now one of only nine practitioners to have this special certification in the entire state of Minnesota. In fact, my youngest sister, Jenny, started to become concerned about her fertility after trying to get pregnant for about six months. She says she could feel changes in her body within just a few treatments from Nikki and credits Nikki with getting her body on track to become pregnant. And Jenny's first baby is expected this summer. I'm currently pregnant with baby number three and have visited Healing Insight regularly throughout my pregnancies and especially at a time when my prenatal care has seemed really uncertain because of the COVID-19 health crisis. Knowing that I'm consistently able to focus on my physical and emotional health with Senya has been so important. Senya was also our featured guest on one of our most listened to episodes of Best to the Nest. It's episode 25, simply titled Anxiety and episode 113, where we talk about coping with the COVID-19 global pandemic. Visit Healing Insight HealingInsightOnline.com. That's HealingInsightOnline.com to find out more about Senya and her team. And congratulations, Nikki. I'm Elizabeth Reese. I'm Marjorie Punnett. And this is Best to the Nest, the podcast that is all about creating strong, comfortable, beautiful nests that prepare us to fly. Marjorie, we have a fantastic topic and a fantastic guest today. Are you ready for it? Always, always, <laughs> always. Okay, we're talking about the long haul versus the quick fix. And I think this is so applicable to so many areas of our life. But I think when we initially jump into the quick fix realm of life, we immediately go to like health, weight loss, fitness, right, Marjorie? I mean, that's where we go, where it's like the 21 day fix, which is a real thing that you can buy. And I'm sure helps you in some way in 21 days or that idea of like, you can drop 30 pounds in 30 days or all, all of those ideas that sort of hook us with the headline. Have you been hooked by this before, Marjorie? Well, I think my family's been hooked by this. I, I have not in one sense is because I, I don't suffer from what a lot of people suffer from, which is that up and down cycle. And of weight? Just be, of weight. Yeah, you have and a gift. That's a gift because I, well, I have that. I have well, that. but here's the thing. I have put on weight and I have taken off weight, but I think because I know my body in one sense, I, I'm pretty good about taking that off, but I know that's a gift of a metabolism. I know that because I'm married to someone who doesn't have that. And so I've lived this with him. 
And I've lived him taking off 40 pounds, and then it comes back. And it's it's interesting when you talk about the long haul as opposed to the quick fix, and you say we go to health, weight, and then what was the other one that you said first? In in our house, it's always been weight first. Yeah. And I think that's part of the problem is people go to lose the weight without doing it necessarily in a healthy way. And they do it in a way that isn't fixing all the other problems that are going on, which are part of the problem with the weight gain anyway. I mean, there are some people where there's just weight gain. But so for so many people, it's tied to so many other things. Yeah, you're totally right. I you, Okay, so I did the master cleanse when I worked in Green Bay. This right. was like 12 years ago. Do you know, are you familiar with the master cleanse? I've heard of it. I don't it's really the know the lemon what it means. juice and cayenne pepper, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. and you literally oh, yeah. eat nothing. Yeah. I ate no solid food for twelve days, and I did this with a friend. Now, okay, oh. I'm going to tell you the good and the bad of it. The good of it was that it was to me, it was sort of like the mindset of running a marathon, right. where I wanted to prove to myself that my my mind is more powerful than my body and that I could like that your mind is always telling you that you're hungry when your body can actually do more than you think it can do. Does that make right. sense? Absolutely. So it was sort of like my version of running a marathon because guys, let's be real, like running a marathon is crazy and people do it all the time. Right. Um, but this was my version of that. And, and I did, I mean, I lost 12 pounds and I felt amazing and I felt much more in tune afterwards with when am I really hungry and when am I just bored or right. like filling the void with something else. Right. Um, but at the same time, I think that was maybe an extreme way to go. So well, I think, I think it's, but those are the extremes that I think all of us go for. And so when I say, I remember the extreme and I did this when I was 13 and we've talked and joked about it before is I went on a tab and lettuce diet. Yeah. That was my own creation. Tab and lettuce. Tab and lettuce. I was a tiny little thing, but was it healthy? Absolutely not. No. And in my young 20s, I was just existing on a lot of coffee. Was Mm -hmm. that healthy? No. Was I thin? Yes. And we've talked about this before, is the biggest problem, I think, in our society is what other people perceive you should be and the feedback you get when you get to when you're very, very thin. And I'm hoping that that's changing. But that doesn't take away... From the fact that we need to be, we need to be mindful of our bodies and what they can do for us. And I'm just going to say this really quickly. So, for all of the nice people that reached out to me about my mom, who we talked about in a previous podcast, I will tell you, it has been amazing. She's 86. She's fit. She's not super thin. She's just very fit. In everything she's gone through, her body healed faster than her mind. Strength. Because her, her body was already strong when she went into it. So it, that that piece about being healthy is so important. It's not about being thin. It's about having your body be what it needs to be so that you can use it when you really need it. Yeah. That is so true. That is so true. And a lot of what you just talked about, we discussed in episode 92 of our podcast um, with our guest, Annalisha Nimala. So Annalisha is back for episode two for her. And we are so thrilled that Annalisha has also jumped on board as a new partner and sponsor of Best to the Nest. And thank you. Yay. Annalisha is the founder of the Exercise 180 community. It's a movement and a community that really encourages its members to look at health and wellness and fitness as more of a holistic journey than this quick fix idea. And so when Annalisha was here in episode 92, Marjorie, we really, we had probably one of our most emotional conversations up until that point 
because we all really talked about openly about where we've struggled with body image and where we've struggled with comments from other people. And so I'm so excited to continue that conversation today in terms of the long haul versus the quick fix. So Annalisha, welcome to Best to the Nest. Thank you, ladies. I'm so happy to be here. Good morning. We are happy that you're here. Okay, so let's talk about this idea, that attraction to those quick fixes and why this can lead to a real disappointing cycle from people. And we'll get to some of the positives of those things too, but why if you don't really have a solid sense of self and a reason why you're doing those things, why it can really just lead to this I think this cycle of like a high and then shame and then a high and then shame. Well said. Well said. Yeah. And you're, you're kind of alluding to something I want to like say at the beginning, which is like, there, there's so much good in a lot of these things. I think it's when like our focus gets narrowed that there's a lot of issues. And so one way that I like to like illustrate what I think is going on a lot in our culture is through this framework that I developed called the language of life. And it's a four-column framework. But what I find is that our culture focuses mostly on the inner two columns. So let me kind of describe what I mean. So if we if we have column one is the way at the left and column four is way at the right, what I notice, so I'll give like a simple example first. Like let's say you have a headache. So yeah. a headache is actually in this framework going to fall under column two, which is a discomfort, a messenger, okay? But what I find in our culture is we often label column two the problem, we say the headache is the problem. And so then we do something to get some quick relief. And so a lot of times we'll like pop an ibuprofen, right? So there's nothing wrong with that. That does take care of the headache. However, when we label column two, the headache, the problem, and then we label column three, the ibuprofen, the solution, it really narrows our options. And so for example, a lot of times people have a headache because the real problem behind a headache is like lack of uh, hydration. So they haven't drank enough water. Um, it could be like a magnesium deficiency. Magnesium is a mineral that dilates your blood vessels. So if you're deficient in, in it, it's going to constrict your blood vessels, can cause a headache. Um, it could be like a tight neck pain. So do you see how like if you have the headache, it's not really the problem. It's just a symptom. It's just a messenger of the problem. And then the ibuprofen can provide temporary temporary relief, but it's not really the solution. It's just temporary relief. So what I like to encourage people to do is make sure to add, have four columns in your life, not just yeah. the inner two, because when we just work with the inner two, we get into these vicious cycles. And that's what happens a lot with health and fitness. You might, maybe like you gained some weight, right? Or you get a comment from somebody or like, like Elizabeth, the body shaming thing that happened to you. Like, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, like that could spiral someone into oh, yeah. these. That's what happens in our culture is of these comments, yeah. these expectations, so on and so forth. And so what happens a lot of times is we call that the problem, right? When really it's just, it's a discomfort. It's a messenger. We have a lot of options of what we can do with it, but we aren't trained to think critically in that way in our culture yet. Hopefully that's changing. So we often go right to column three. We call it the solution. It's really just a temporary fix, but we're not super trained in what we do with discomfort in our culture. Does that make sense? Oh, this is like I, so brilliant. Marjorie, are you losing your mind right now? Well, I love that so much because yeah. I think we are, 
I, I think all of the data would, would support this. We're a pill-popping culture, yeah. for sure. And We're also an addictive with, culture, so we're self-medicating, sure. right? Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. And I think you're right that it doesn't – it just – it temporarily – alleviates it, but you're going to keep coming back to it. And eventually, I think whatever you're looking at, whether it's unhealthy weight gain or a medical problem or just go down the list, even if it's a mental health issue, that if you don't look at the messengers, it is a lifetime of making the same of living the same problem over and over again, which, quite frankly, is exhausting. And so you sit in those two columns. You, and tell me the name of the framework again, Annalisha, for that. I call it the language of life because what I... Mm-hmm. I love that. Yeah, thanks. What I really want people to understand is that like discomfort or messengers or symptoms, they're not bad. They're just trying to get your attention about something. And so yeah. if we can just look at them like, like life comes through to us with this language and we, there's nothing more natural than discomforts, but the, what, what is unnatural about our culture is what we do with the discomfort. And that is just jumping right to column three, calling it a solution when it's just really temporary relief and then not looking at the real problem behind the messenger, behind the symptom, behind the discomfort. And then therefore the real solution, because when you, when you have, when you extend it to four columns, there is actual like transformative possibilities. But when we stay in the two middle columns, it's a vicious cycle after vicious cycle after vicious cycle. This is and so I- incredible and so true. And you know what? I notice this so much with parenting. Mm-hmm. You notice this so much with people with their little kids and you see how this culture of sitting in the two columns and being so uncomfortable with discomfort and this idea that it is constant we are constantly trying to get through the discomfort pretend it isn't there or ignore it and constantly I mean you hear this with parents I mean Marjorie did you hear this when kids were little where it's like you're fine you're fine it's fine it's fine get up it's fine and And I get that there's like when your child falls down, they look to you to see what your reaction is, right? But I I think we've gone so far from the side of we don't want to overly coddle them and freak out so that they freak out that we've moved to the other end of the extremes, which is let's just say you're fine and move forward, which is telling your child that your feelings aren't valid. The messages that your body are sending you don't mean anything, and you need to just get through it and pretend that everything is okay. And that I think right there is setting your kids up for a lifetime of not being in touch with their bodies, not being confident enough to use their voice mm-hmm. to say what is or is not okay for their bodies, mm-hmm. which then can lead to a myriad of problems. And and I I honestly I really believe that that starts so young because I, I, we can we like not think we can't handle the pain I mean we can handle pain I think that's a really interesting metaphor in a way for for what we do in general as in society because mm-hmm. if you look at that just even from a mental health um, standpoint Elizabeth of if your child is being bullied at school and they come home or they're crying. And you say, oh, you're going to be fine. Or if you just sort of gloss over any of the little sort of hard issues of their life, as opposed to really sitting with it, which this takes time with parenting. And I think that's a, a, so much of the time that's the problem yeah, yeah. is we don't have the time to explore our feelings. We we think we don't have time to come to the proper solution. Even if you just look at what you said, Annalisha, about having a headache. Do I have time to drink six glasses of water to try and get myself hydrated or do I just have to get through work and take some ibuprofen just to get through the day? And 
I, I will be thinking about you talking about that headache all day because I think that's such an important sort of starting point for looking at it's a messenger, not a problem. Because I think most people can identify with that. But it, I am so curious, Annalisha, what in your life brought you to develop, to really sit down and think about the you know, sort of the quadrants of life and how to look at things like this? You say it's something, you, it's a language you developed for yourself yeah. that you're sharing. What is it in your life that made you take the time to sit down and do that? Well, I think to to summarize my journey, I think I got really... I got duped by the lies that our society told us in in a really intense way where um, my health journey started where I was all focused on results. It was all about results. Yeah. It was all about how I looked. And um, it, it, it was very mentally unhealthy. I was very unkind to myself. And so I've had a really long journey of healing that. And part of that healing process has been coming to really value the intangibles of life, the things we that aren't results that, you know, it's how we feel, our perspectives, things of that nature. Those are the things that really started to absolutely change my life experience. And so I got to this place where I had a different level of living, but I didn't know how to explain it to people. I didn't know how to teach it to them. And so, so, and it's what I wanted to teach more than anything. And so I took the time to really think about my journey and what I learned and then how could I build frameworks around that so that other people could learn it more quickly. Because I think what we're lacking in our society is um, simple frameworks that allow us to think more critically. Does that make sense? And so that's, yeah. what, that's one thing like that's really important for me to offer to people is just, do you have a simple framework? So now you can think about not everything is going to fall beautifully into these four columns, but a lot of things do. If you can yeah. identify, okay, where is, I thought this was the problem, but it's actually the messenger. So now what is the actual problem? And when you can identify the actual problem, then you can identify the actual solution. And then 180 transformations that are sustainable and easy are actually possible. You know, this is transformation is possible, just not in that like vicious cycle sort of culture that we've been trained into. So Annalisha is a yoga instructor. So she's been a yoga instructor for 15 years, Pilates instructor, and a holistic health coach. And so these things kind of all come together to where your training is so important. And that holistic idea mm-hmm. is really at the core. And I think that's when you talk about that idea of that those four columns, you're really encouraging people to just take a step back and look holistically at your life instead of just narrowing in on those two center columns. And so I want to know for people who are not only for yourself, but then for people who are also part of your community on exercise180.com, which that's what the 180 is. You know, the 180 is is just a, a full life transformation. I mean, when you see people, because I know you have members and clients who have been with you for a long time, yeah. what's that transformation like for them? And then how does that translate into their daily living? Mm, such a good question. Well, I think one thing I want to be made clear is like in this particular framework, none of the columns are bad. So even the temporary relief column, like so my point in saying that is like people, once they start to do my work and integrate my philosophy, they have a lot of permission to be human. They have a lot of permission like, oh, none of these columns are bad. And I want to also understand how to add the two columns on column number one and column number four. Does that make sense? I still have permission yeah. to take ibuprofen or, you know, do these <laughs> things. And it's like a, it's like an and. And so that's how I see the E180 philosophy is it's integrated into um, people at their own pace. But 
what the outcome is, is permission to be human. It's a, it's a, like a settling into your being. It's, it's a more joyful, easy way of living. It's a more sustainable way of living. It's not this constant, like grasping or not enough or trying to fix. It's a more coming home sort of energy bit by bit by bit, which to me is a really empowering energy. One, one way that I describe E180 is like, it's a way to the, the course. And then the philosophy is bit by bit, you take your power back. You take your power back from these kind of insane ways of living that our culture has told us is the only way to do it. But bit by bit, you realize, oh, wait, I can decide the principles I build my health on and I can decide the principles I build my life on. And then as you do that, you just become more of an empowered individual in all areas of life. Hey, Nesters, we want you to know more about one of our incredible guests turned sponsor on Best to the Nest. Annalisha Nimala is the powerhouse behind the Exercise 180 community and movement. We had an incredibly emotional and raw conversation with Annalisha on episode 92 that focused on how we look at, treat, and value our bodies. And you can go further with Annalisha by becoming an Exercise 180 member. When you do, you get an all-access pass to Annalisha's E180 digital course, private podcast, online workout videos, and private Facebook group where she hosts health challenges and live events, everything you need to become one of the strongest, healthiest people you know in body and mind, and to initiate you into a movement creating real change for the next generation, specifically our daughters. Go to Exercise 180 180.com forward slash join dash now for more about her membership. And she also offers a free masterclass that lays out the seven principles her E180 philosophy is built on. Get signed up for that at exercise180.com. As a bonus, everyone who signs up for her free masterclass receives a special link that allows you to get registered for her membership at a big discount. And go back and listen to episode 92 of Best to the Nest. It's a must listen. It's so interesting to me the way you talk about this because I'm older than both of you and so I I barely Marjorie barely (laughs) (laughs) but I look back and I feel like there are things that happened in my life and ways that I would live or ways that I felt about myself that I can look back sort of with a different eye and see how I was not in control of that. Mm. And that's such a strange thought to me because I think of myself as a pretty, I I think of myself as a critical thinker. Mm -hmm. I do. But you look back and you think in the, in the chaos that I was allowing to happen at any given point of my life. And when I say chaos, I just mean the busyness and you're trying to work and you're trying to raise your kids and we were buying and selling houses and all of those things. What were the messages that were coming in that I wasn't thinking through critically? And there were so many, whether it was about body image or it was about, I'm just trying to, it, it, I just, I like the way that you're talking that it, it gives people that you, that we should work harder to have a framework by which we take in the messages that are sent to us. Mm. And then, and then, you know, Marjorie, that's the thing. It, It seems like then things just come more easily. Like you, you get to, you kind of open up your eyes and do a little work to open up your eyes. Right. But unlike so many other things where it's like you have to just keep working and keep working, you kind of can settle in. When when Annalisha said, settle into your being, I literally like got, I moved a notepad and opened up a marker to write it down, <laughs> a purple marker in case you were wondering, right. and uh, and wrote down, settle into your being. Because right. I just thought, 
Wow. I mean, that was like, you said that and my heart just like jumped up a little bit because that's so, sounds so wonderful to me to just settle into my being. It also gives, and I'm sorry to interrupt you. It also, but I did. So sorry about that. (laughs) Don't worry about it. That's, that's, well, we get excited, Annalisha. We interrupt. I love it. I'm sorry about that. That's the Um, culture here. (laughs) Yeah. But I, I just, I think about, I think about, I tried really hard to be a good mother and I think about, I wish I had been, I wish I had been more mature in my thinking about helping and guiding my children in how to think and not in a manipulative way, but like you said, Elizabeth, if your child's on the playground and they fall down and they hurt themselves that you just don't say, oh, you're fine, you're fine. But to Mm -hmm. really take a moment and talk about those things. I mean, I'm kind of using that as the metaphor of all of the things you can talk about. And so I think sometimes as as women, that if we could settle into our own being, as a parent, I think that would help you teach your kids to settle into their own being, which I think would be one of the greatest life skills you could ever send a child out into the world with. It mm-hmm. is so true. And that's that solid foundation. So, mm-hmm. Annalisa, yeah. we were talking the other day about this idea of when you have that foundation, then when you decide to do like a, I don't know, like a tighten up your abs in, mm-hmm. in two weeks kind of a program or something, those things can actually be beneficial if you go into them with the right foundation, right? Yeah, for sure. You know, I always tell people there's like millions of amazing ways to be healthy. Do you know what I mean? There's just like tactics Mm -hmm. and tools and great workout programs and recipe guides. I think the problem isn't them as a standalone product. Um, The problem is when the philosophy or the marketing of them kind of infiltrates our mind um, without us critically thinking. And so when you have like a solid foundation and, and just to like piggyback off of your point, Marjorie, like it does take time. Like this is, it's emotional labor to, to figure out who you are and what you value. Yeah. yeah. But, and, <laughs> yes. so true. you know, but like, but then like you said, Elizabeth, think then you have this foundation and things get easier. So it's like the most important biggest investment you can make. But then I think, so when you have that foundation, you can more, you can take what is great from different products and services and you can, you can consciously leave what you don't want because so many people have so many great things to offer. You could do like a 21 days to great abs and maybe the workout is exactly what you need, but maybe the philosophy that's being told to you isn't. And then you can just drop it from your mind. You don't have to integrate it. So you have this foundation where then you have a lot of things available to you. I think the problem is, is when we make those specific programs, we say like, that's the definition of health. Does that make sense? So, okay, if I'm doing this 21 day program and I did that when I was 25 and okay, so that's health, but health is much broader and it's a lot less fragile than that. (laughs) It's solid. Do you know what I mean? And so I think we need to give ourselves this permission to create this definition of health and these principles of health that are solid And then we can take from the world all the wonderful things it has to offer without it shaking that foundation. It's so, it's so good. And you know, when you were think, when you were saying this, I kept thinking of the word cereal, cereal. And here's Mm. why (laughs) that's going to sound really weird why I was thinking (laughs) cereal because you're talking about marketing messages when it comes to health at its core. And cereal to me is the Mm. most egregious offender Mm. when it comes to marketing messages that are flat out lies 
and our health. I mean, when you look at like the cover of Fruit Loops, my friends, and here's a news flash. Fruit Loops are not a real food. They are not fruit in loops. Okay. They are colors and weird flavors and some sort of grain sugar mush. Okay. It's not a loop okay. of fruit. This is why I love Elizabeth. Is that she can rage about breakfast cereal. I love that. I love that. It does. I can't even go down the cereal aisle because I just get myself so worked up. Because when they're marketing cereal and they'll say like part of a complete breakfast, which that complete breakfast is straight uploaded with like 200 grams of sugar when you look at the package. The health marketing has gotten so completely out of control and our government has allowed that to happen too. I mean, has allowed those marketing messages to go on products which are outright lies Yes, that it's like, I just hate when people blame themselves for feeling like this is me. This is my problem. I'm just not moving my body enough. I'm like, I'm the problem. And there is a sense of self-responsibility is important right. and empowerment is an important, but also giving yourself some grace that you've been sold a bill of goods for your whole life here Whoa. just by walking down the GD <laughs> cereal aisle. what I was talking to about earlier when I said I'm a little bit older than you guys. It is embarrassing to me. I mean, I am embarrassed to say that it was really only about five years ago that I realized breakfast cereal really wasn't helping me. So this quick fix thing, I mean, I think the point is that while we're talking about health and wellness and fitness, it applies to so many other aspects of life. And I wanted to touch on that today too, because I think that's so important in terms of what are we going through as a nation and as a global community? I mean, right now we're in the middle of two major crises, which is of course the COVID-19 pandemic and then a real reckoning with a system of racism and white privilege that we have set up around us. Yeah that has benefited some of us, all of us here, and has not benefited others. And that's another area, Annalisha, where I think, and I wonder what your take is on this, where we're seeing just this obsession over the quick fix. Like, when is this vaccine coming? When the vaccine comes, everything's going to be fine. Or when is, like, when are we going to come up with exactly the right word to say? If we can come up with the right word to say, then racism will be eradicated. Like I, our minds just go spinning to try to find it. It's so true. So I'm thinking, well, first, like if you haven't already noticed, like I'm, I'm in like the meat of the iceberg business. So our culture is kind of obsessed always with tip of the iceberg. And so I think we have to start training our mind to look below the surface to what is causing like more obvious things. So I, I think with both COVID and um, with what we're experiencing with racial injustice, like those are both icebergs and we have to look at them and it's not going to be solved from the tip of the iceberg. That's part of it, but we have to look below the surface. So, so, so another way to put this, and it's interesting, this came to mind when you were saying like something about like, we're just looking for that one word. I was reading something recently um, on oppression and it was about how um, it was like one definition of it. And it comes from a woman, her name is Adrienne Rich. And she was saying that um, when you, when you have oppressed groups, there's one, of course, that's more powerful. And then there's one that's powerless. And the definition that she used of the, the group that's powerful is that they have a shortcut to life's complexities. Hmm. So in other words, like, us as white women, we haven't really been forced to look through the eyes of a person of color 
really until now, let's be honest, in, in a serious yeah. way. Does that make sense? So yeah. we had mm-hmm. we had a shortcut to life's complexities that people of color, black indigenous people of color didn't don't have, have never had. And so I think it's time for us all to start like coming to terms with the complexity of life instead of always looking for shortcuts. And and that doesn't have to be scary. It can be really, really empowering. Right. Um, but we have to realize these there is rarely a simple fix. And it really is about getting to know yourself better and then therefore being able to see things through other people's eyes better and then coming up with solutions that maybe none of us have ever thought of before. But I think for me, it's like... You, really valuing the complexity of life is a good place to start instead of always assuming there's a shortcut. I love that so much. And that's, I'll, I'll be quoting that. And that's, but if you just take that even back to the personal, get back to the personal shortcuts about your own health, your own yes. wellness, Elizabeth, that yes. goes right yeah. back to breakfast cereal. Cause if this you is, look at it, breakfast yeah. cereal is just a shortcut to the complexity of breakfast. Yeah. <laughs> Who <laughs> knew so cereal was going to be, guys, this, this is when the still small voice started saying cereal to me and then I lost my mind. <laughs> I know but, I'm on something. But you are in that sense. It's, it's so, again, it just, it just speaks to why we can't evolve. And we can look at that as a yeah. society, why we're having such trouble evolving. Why is it so hard mm-hmm. for people just to put a mask on? Why that if you look at that just as the, the the tip of the iceberg of just a basic ethical question, put a mask on, don't put a mask on why that has even become an issue. That's the iceberg underneath. We got to look at why is that a problem in our society that we can't do that in a communal spirit? Well, and it's so, you know, Marjorie, when we're talking about this, it so makes me think about just our philosophy of best to the nest and then how that expands to so many other things. Cause Annalisha, what you're touching on is we, this, this shortcut to life's complexity, this idea of only narrow mindedly mm-hmm. looking at our life's framework. Mm-hmm. And if we expand that and we look at like, how can we holistically make ourselves the best and our homes the best and really like embracing all aspects of life, what that can then spill over into our communities and into our culture, which to me just really reaffirms that the mission that we've been on since this podcast started is so the right track because it is about that, that complexity. I mean, we're not brushing over any of the complexity and we're certainly not trying to, um, to sugarcoat anything. That's, that is really, you've gotten some real, like, I've, I've got a lot of notes here happening, Annalisha. <laughs> I gotta turn the page. I gotta start a whole new page. <laughs> it's so fascinating. So when when you when people become part of your community, because that's definitely something that we want to touch on too, because you you're hearing this conversation and you're thinking, oh my gosh, I want more of this, and that's what you get when you are part of the E180 community. So what happens when they go to your website and sign up and start getting your messages that I get in my inbox that I love to read? <laughs> yes. So I think the E180 community, I'm just thinking back to like what Marjorie said of being like so embarrassed. And I just like felt for you because I think we all have, we all have that like, oh, we blame ourselves for so much, right? right? And so what, so part of being a part of the E180 community is you get in all, or not a part of it, you get an all access pass to everything that I have to offer. And one of the things I have to offer is um, the exercise 180 course. And that really is about 
looking at our approach to health and living instead of just blaming ourselves. Because I think, I think that embarrassment is so common and it keeps us so stuck. And the reality is like, we're all good humans trying the best we can. So if we're not getting what we want, there must be just something off with the approach and maybe we don't have to keep blaming ourselves over and over. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah. so that that's like one of the main things I, I, I want to give people to, or I do give people tools of like, okay, how do we um, look at life with simple frameworks, but that allow us to think more critically so that I, so each person can decide what are the principles I'm building my life on? What are my values? What are the principles I'm building my health on? So the first part about becoming an E180 member is you get all an access to that course that I developed. It's a, it's a six module course and it was actually recorded live with six women there. So the, the beauty of the course is it's me teaching, but then also our conversation and you can, um, go through it in video form. But then I also have a private podcast for members and the first 18 lessons are the course. So if you don't have time to like sit down with your computer, you can also just put it in your ear when you're on a walk or something. And I get so much great feedback of just loving people, loving hearing women talking to each other about these important things. Um, just like your podcast, right? I think there's so much power in that. So that's one thing that I, I do believe the frameworks I've developed are incredibly powerful, but the conversation around those frameworks is also invaluable. So that's part of it. It's again, so when you become an E180 member, you get access to the course, to my private podcast. Again, that starts with the course, but then now that's where I do extended content. So interviewing other people, my thoughts on things, because the reality is this is like a bit by bit journey. You know what I mean? This isn't, this isn't sexy. (laughs) This isn't 21 days to great abs. It's just more like this is changing yourself at the root level. So then you can change your family at the root level. So then you can change your community and the world at large at the root level. So I like people to be able to take it at the speed that's comfortable for them. Um, So the podcast was important to me so that I could, we could keep having these conversations and it's not just Mm -hmm. limited to the course. And then E180 members also get access to my online studio, which is full of workout videos, all different levels. I really wanted to, I've taught in all different settings to a wide variety of, of humans. And so um, one thing I learned from that is a lot of beginner videos are inaccurately labeled. Um, it's kind of a section of our population that kind of gets skirted over. So when I say all levels, I mean all levels, like level one videos are for true beginners, whether um, you don't know a lot about yoga or Pilates or you just, your fitness level isn't where you want it to be, but then we have, you know, more intensity. And then, then finally they get access to my private Facebook group where it, we come together as like like-minded people where you do health and fitness challenges, live events. So it's a place where you can work on your health, so to speak, but with the same sort of philosophy, um, with the E180 philosophy in mind. And, and for me, um, that's important, but it also, I feel like, my members always have permission to go elsewhere as well. And then E180 is kind of like the coming home if, if the, if their mind kind of gets off elsewhere. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, it's yeah. coming home foundational sort of platform or community and membership program. You know, Elizabeth and I are big proponents of therapy. We've, we've, we are open about the fact yeah. that we've both had therapy. And I think when I, when mm-hmm. I hear you speak about this and I can't wait to, to sort of dig in and see what you're doing because I haven't seen the course yet. So I'm actually really excited about that. And what's interesting to me, and I, I guess, again, I don't mean to keep, I don't know why I'm in this place today of keep harping on the fact that I'm older than anybody. But part of that <laughs> is for me, I think about, I wish I had had more awareness when I was younger 
to root out some of the patterns of my thinking that were unhealthy for me. Whether you want, for some people, it's weight, for some people, it's family relationships, for some people, whatever it is, all of those things are about patterns of unhealthy thinking. And when you talk about sort of foundation, foundationally helping yourself go through the day to answer to any of those issues that might sort of be the chatter in your head, I just, I couldn't, I can't stress enough how freeing it was for me when I feel like I finally began to understand how to manage that. And I had a wonderful Mm -hmm. therapist. And so that was very helpful to me, but it doesn't have to be a one-on-one therapist. It can be something like what you're talking about. I really believe just, just an acknowledgement of, Oh, I want to sort of get this in order. I want it all to sort of begin to make sense. I want to be able to think more critically about why I'm eating what I'm eating, why I have the patterns I have. I think those things are so important. And I, I'm telling you from sort of a, a 55 year old, Oh, I'm 56. I just turned 56, a 56 year old's perspective <laughs> of when I really attended to that. And I'm, I'm, believe me, I'm not there, but when I really began to attend to that, the amount of energy that's freed up in your life to think about other things is so magnificent Mm -hmm. because all that other swirling, all that other chatter, it's exhausting. And you don't even know what you're preventing yourself from doing because you're wasting so much energy with that chatter. And so I just, I love the way that you are just trying to spread the message of we can, there, there are ways to just begin to to take care of those things. I love that. It's so good. It is just so good. Annalisa, this is so helpful. And I think this is such a great fit for us to partner together. So we're just encouraging all of our best to the nesters to follow Annalisa, check in with what she is offering. Um, I know you can sign up. Tell tell everybody, Annalisa, because we'll be talking about it in the ads coming up, but I want to make sure they know that they can sign up um, for something free and then decide if they want to become a member. Yeah, awesome. So if you so if you want to learn more about the membership, you go to exercise180.com forward slash join dash now. However, if you go to just exercise180.com, um, you'll see that there's a free masterclass that I offer and it um, lays out the seven principles that my philosophy are built on. And then also everyone who signs up for that free masterclass is emailed a special link to sign up for my membership at a big discount. So um, you can kind of use that masterclass to get to know me a little bit more, get to know my philosophy a little bit more, and then you get the bonus of the discount when you're ready to jump in. Uh, with a membership. It is so good. And then you can start to settle into your being. That's what it's going to be. And that's got to be the next thing I get on some sort of graphic tea or something like that, you know, yeah. settle into your being. It's a good one. And Alicia, we adore you. We're so happy to have you back. And I knew this conversation was going to be phenomenal. And um, it's really given me a lot to think about. Marjorie, I'm, I'm speaking for you too, because I'm sure you're on the same page as me. I love that. Next time you're in this cereal aisle, guess what's oh, going to happen know. to all of you? <laughs> if you are enjoying this podcast, Please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and give us a review at Apple Podcasts. I just want to read this one real quickly, Elizabeth. It's a review. They said um, it's from Vef Gvuzavuf. I can't can't really pronounce it. Good name. Just type them all at the same time. Hello. Love your podcast, ladies. Thank you for your honesty, Marjorie. So, so hard. Prayers for your mama. You made me think about important things. My parents are 81 and 82. And I've had several people reach out to me about my mom and her situation. And I'm so grateful for your kind thoughts. And I want to say I'm particularly Mm -hmm. grateful to the people who reached out to me to say the, the one thing that stuck with them is listen and record your parents' stories. 
get great yes. pictures of them. Yes. And I've had a couple of people say yeah. that that inspired them to, to, to try and make that happen. And so I'm glad for that. Marjorie, last weekend, I did videos of my kids with my parents just to watch. I usually take pictures, but to see them hugging my kids, to hear their voices as they said my kids' names. I took videos of it because of you, Marjorie Punnett. That was why. And I I have those on my phone now. Oh, well, find us on Facebook and Instagram at Best to the Nest or go to besttothenest.com to subscribe to our newsletter. We are the podcast that brings you home. To be your best every day, you need proven quality sleep every night. Science proves your best sleep is vital to your mental, emotional, and physical health. And that's where the sleep number bed comes in. And let me tell you, ever since I've had it, my sleep IQ score is just going higher and higher. And did you know 8 out of 10 couples say that one of them sleeps too hot or too cold? Science tells us regulating your sleep temperature leads to higher quality sleep. For many couples, temperature struggles are a real challenge. So here are some tips to help you both sleep just right. Look for beds designed with temperature benefits such as the new Sleep Number Climate 360 Smart Bed that actively warms and cools each side so you both sleep blissfully comfortable. And now save 40% on the Sleep Number 360 Special Edition Smart Bed. Plus, special financing for a limited time. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com slash podcast one. Sleep Number, the official sleep and wellness partner of the National Football League. Subject to credit approval, minimum monthly payments required. See sleepnumber.com for details. Grab a 30-day free trial of Live by Live Plus and you'll get unlimited skips, commercial-free music, and all of the podcasts and live streaming events you can handle. Visit livexlive.com slash podcast one to learn more and start your free trial.